You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Listen Up on this Monday. One playoff game remaining for the weekend, and it's tonight with Arizona and the Rams. So we got a lot of football in this weekend, really only two good games, the Raiders and the Bengals, and of course the 49ers and the Cowboys. And I'm going to start with the 49ers uh, because they've got momentum. They are really in sync. Their defensive pressure on the quarterback reminds me when the Giants as a wild card team made it to the Super Bowl and beat New England. Uh, because of their NASCAR package on defense. They just keep coming at you in waves. Uh, The good news is Fred Warner is expected to be okay for the game Saturday. Uh, It was revealed today that Jimmy Garoppolo's got a slightly sprained shoulder, uh, uh, his throwing shoulder, but they feel he's going to be able to practice this week. And then the real key is Nick Bosa, who's got a concussion, and it's just a wait and see. I mean, obviously, if the 49ers are going to be able to go in and upset Green Bay. Uh, They need Fred Warner playing at close to 100%, and they must have Nick Bosa on the field. Uh, I did an entire podcast on this that will be released early tomorrow morning uh, as it relates to Dak Prescott. I have lost total respect for Dak Prescott. Uh, I used to uh, hold him in high esteem, his professionalism, his class, uh, his leadership, uh, but his comment towards... The NFL officials yesterday was uh, despicable. And there's just no other way to say it. There's just no other way to say it. Uh, At first, Prescott called the fans throwing trash and debris at what he thought was his teammates as sad. All right? Called it sad. Then he was told they weren't throwing at the fans they were throwing at the officials, all right? And Prescott could have handled it a hell of a lot better than he did. And I don't know if you've seen the video, but it was pretty damn bad, all right? It was pretty damn bad. But then when he was told that it was towards the officials, he said, credit to them then, credit to them. How about that? This is what he said first. No, I didn't see that. It's sad. You're talking about a team. You're talking about men coming out each and every day of their lives and give everything to this sport, give everything to this game of football. Nobody wants to succeed more than we want to succeed. I understand fans and the word fan for fanatic. I get that. 
but to know everything we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Nobody comes into the game wanting or expecting to lose. And for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter and be with us through thick and thin, that's tough. But then he was informed that the fans were throwing him at the officials. He said credit to them then. Credit to them. Despicable comments by Dak Prescott. Hey, Dak, just so you know, the officials show up to the game the same way as you do. They put everything that they have into it. And just like you and your performance, which was subpar yesterday, you disappointed every single fan that had their Dallas gear and the owner that paid you a bank vault, okay? Just like you, sometimes officials don't have their best games. Same way you didn't have your best game yesterday. But for you to say credit to them then, credit to them, is an absolute disgrace. And you should be ashamed of yourself. And I've been saying this for a few years now, so I'm not just jumping on any bandwagon here or whatever. I've been very consistent about Dak Prescott. I've never thought that he was an elite quarterback. I've been on his case a lot, even this year. All right. I've been talking about how he's been overthrowing receivers, making bad reads. I thought his pocket awareness was not good. And yesterday, it was on full display. It was on full display yesterday. The guy is a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But he's not anything more than a good quarterback, period. And by the way, I don't really care what you do against Philadelphia with their second string defense when you throw for five touchdowns. And I don't really care what you do against Atlanta when you put, what, 50 points on the board or whatever. No, I care what you do in the biggest of games. That's what I care about. And in the biggest of games yesterday, Dak Prescott was not very good. There's just no other way to say it. He was not very good. All right, let's get to some phone calls. You raise your hand. I'll put you up on stage, and we'll get to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you? Good. What's happening? Why is Jerry Jones so patient with his coaches? Going back even to Barry Switzer, um, you know, and, and then he got rid of Jimmy Jones. Now Jimmy Johnson. Got, yeah, I mean, um, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> McCarthy, what a bonehead call. Terrible. To run the ball with 14 seconds. Everybody knows the 49ers' weaknesses, their defensive backs, especially Thomas. In this day and age where all the – I'm a 49er fan, okay? But I was afraid that they were going to throw a ball long to Lamb and then he was just going to stop, let the DB run into him, and, and you know, they're going to have the ball down there and get ready to score a touchdown. They didn't even try that. Yep. What, film, well, what, film, what film were they watching? It's terrible. Uh, it was absolutely terrible. Now, on that final run play, um, the Niners did change their defensive alignment and went to take the sideline away on the final play where Prescott ran. But even with that said, there's just stupid. Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. So, you, you know, Mike McCarthy's the head coach. And, you know, there's a lot of talk now whether Mike McCarthy's going to be back or not. But, you know, the reality is it was a dumb play. Uh, it was just uh, there's no explanation for it. But, you know, with that said, the Cowboys were thoroughly outplayed yesterday. Yes, I know the final score was six points, but they were thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed yesterday. There's no other oh, way to say it. They were thoroughly oh, outplayed. You're right. The game would have been over anyway on that quarterback sneak if uh, Jimmy would have uh, let yes. the guy, the lineman, get set. The game yep. would have been over right then anyway. 
terrible, t- terrible uh, uh, play by Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the quarterback. He needs to know. By the way, and when I mean he needs to know, he needs to wait for a count. I mean, that's just quarterbacking 101. Tony Dungy put this out on Twitter four hours ago. Concerning the Dallas Cowboys, let's forget that last play and the clock. How about giving up 169 yards rushing, giving up five sacks, completing less than 60% of their passes, running for only 77 yards, and committing 14 penalties? That's more concerning than the last 14 seconds. Amen. That, spot on by Tony Dungy. That nailed it right on the. That yep. nailed it right on the point. Yep. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it very much. Always good when you can chime in. Hey, if you want to get in on the program, just raise your hand icon, uh, and I will put you right on. Uh, and we will be glad to uh, take your questions on this Monday after the first round of games. Jerry, you're next. Hello, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How's it going? Good, Jerry. What's up? Uh, not much. Just, uh, I mean, you know, it was a good football weekend, uh, you know, good amount of games, obviously a couple blowouts, but uh, just going to kind of switch back to the Kings just, just for a little bit. I know. Yeah, it's sure. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Weekend, uh, and all, but um. You know, like I said before last week, uh, people were all excited about beating the Lakers. Well, guess what? Last night he lost to the one of the worst teams in the league in the Rockets. Um, you know, it, it just keeps going up and down. Uh, I know De'Aaron was ejected last night. I didn't watch the game at all, to be honest. Uh, you know, I was watching the football games, and I was busy uh, after the Cowboys game. And, you know, I didn't really pay attention to the Chiefs game after, you know, for good reason. But anyway, um, but yeah, like, like I was mentioning before, uh, it, it's just the same crap with the Kings. Uh, you, you're you're just gonna be inconsistent, um, going up against bad teams, losing those games. Um, people are still trying to get that 10 spot, but you know it's just it's just a continuing frustrating thing. Um, it, it's it, it's it's just gonna be the same thing. They're gonna keep winning a couple games here and there, and then they're gonna be losing games that they shouldn't. But I mean, they're just gonna be you know where they all where they're they terrible. where they're gonna supposed to be. They're uh, terrible. None of their pieces fit. Uh, they, they're just terrible. They're just absolutely awful. To lose to the Rockets, even without Tyrese Halliburton, is completely unacceptable. Uh, it's absolutely unacceptable. The Rockets came in with a record of 12 and 32. 12 and 32, all right? 12 and 32. And you lose to that team? Uh, disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, I mean, this right. This is obviously, yeah, Monty's, like, real, like, test right here. Uh, we're still waiting for February to see if anything's going to happen. I'm not really expecting anything too big. I know like he, I think he made the announcement last week. It's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're buying, we're in a buying market right now, but it's like, you know, we want to, we want to do great in the future, but we don't want to push too hard just to make a stupid play. in. I mean, I know, I know uh, the organization wants to get the fans somewhat excited, but I mean, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be buying heavy in a, in a, in a crappy season. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what he does, but, like I said, I just don't see Monty pulling off anything big besides maybe a couple pieces here and there. Obviously, getting rid of Buddy and Bagley is probably like the biggest thing. And if you can get decent value for, for Deer and Fox, then I say go for it. But other than that, it's just going to be frustrating. I'm with you. Um, you know, the Kings, quite frankly, don't have a lot of attractive pieces to other teams. That's the that's the bottom line. And, or, you know, if you're going to take Deer and Fox, you're taking on a mammoth salary for a guy that can't shoot. And he's inconsistent. And if I were GM, I don't know if I would be inclined to do that or not. I really don't. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said before, I mean, I think we know the talent he has, and he has been doing a lot better as of lately. And it's like if you fit, if you fit him somewhere else where you have decent shooters around him, I mean, I think that contract's going to be worth it, though. He's not going to be worth Maybe. it on this team, but somewhere else, though, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, listen, Jerry, I really appreciate you calling. All right. All right? Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Hey, something else I wanted to talk about real quickly today, and uh, because I got a message, I had a gentleman on my podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, from Superdraft called Michael Zappia, and I've spent two two and a half months researching Superdraft, and before I really recruited people in earnest, I wanted to learn about Superdraft and what it was all about. And I've talked to a lot of people via conference calls that are involved with Superdraft. And I'm really getting into it. And I've got some phenomenal, phenomenal people on my team. And if you want to just check it out, all right, check out the two, three-minute video and find out what it's all about. All you need to do is go online, grant.winthistime.com. Check it out. It's only going to take you two minutes of your time. Grant.winthistime.com. I have a couple of more spots left on my team. I've filled it out very nicely. I've got one gentleman in particular that's going to be hitting Grand Slam home runs. He's phenomenal. Uh, I'm blessed to have him on my team. He's got a lot of experience with this. It's fun. And I'm telling you, you can make a significant amount of income. And I'm not talking about gambling income. I'm talking about you can develop a team like me and you can win a significant, not win, you can earn, and I mean this, you can earn a significant amount of money, which is what I'm planning on doing. I've got a really good team behind me and I want you on my team and then you can start your own team. And listen, anyone that's listening to me, you know, I'm, I'm not pulling the wool over your eyes. That's not what I do. All right. If I talk about something, it's because I believe in it. So check it out. Uh, Superdraft is a phenomenal concept. It is fun. I'm on the app every day, having fun playing games, many of which are free. Uh, but I'm building a team and I am pumped up about this. So just go to grant.winthistime.com and uh, check it out. All right. Speaking of the uh, game tonight, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Rams, and you got J.J. Watt, who everyone thought was going to be done. He is back. The Cardinals and the Rams split their two games with each team winning on the road. And the question for me is, what are you going to get out of Matthew Stafford? All right, here we go. Matthew Stafford in the playoffs at home. What's he going to do? What's he going to do tonight? Cardinals who have not played well. They've lost four or five. They come in, and I don't know what to expect from them either. I really don't. Obviously, without Hopkins as a wide receiver, it makes a huge difference. But to me, all eyes are going to be on Stafford. I got a call last week about who I thought had the most pressure on them, and I said Dak Prescott won and Matthew Stafford two. Well, you saw how Prescott handled the pressure yesterday. I mean, the guy melted, plain and simple. All right? He was completely ineffective for the most part. Well, I don't know. Are we going to be talking about Matthew Stafford like that tomorrow? I, I, I don't think so, but I just don't know when it comes to Stafford. All right, if you want to get in on the program, raise your hand, hit that hand icon, and we'll get you right on. Blowouts in Buffalo, Tampa, and Kansas City. And now you have San Francisco going to Green Bay on Saturday. What we do know about San Francisco, they can run the ball. 
and they can get to the quarterback. But I think we all know they really need Bosa on the field. I mean, that guy is just unfreaking believable. You can't block him with one guy. And it changes a lot of things around. It changes a lot of things around. Now, if you were wondering what the weather is for Green Bay on Saturday night, it's going to be brutal. And again, the NFL doesn't give a damn about their fans. They don't care about the fans. Yeah, let's put the Green Bay-San Francisco game at night. Let's put the warm weather games in Tampa and Tennessee to a degree. Couldn't be cold there, but, you know, let's put them in the middle of the day and let's put the games in cold weather cities like Green Bay and Kansas City at night. That's really good. Again, the NFL didn't give a damn. They don't give a damn about the fans. All right? They don't care. Temperature at kickoff is about 16 degrees on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. And by the end of the game, it's projected to be in single digits. Now, the one thing about cold, it doesn't really affect the players like it used to because of the hand warmers and everything else, you know, the sidelines, the heaters. I mean, it's not like it used to be, but why are you playing this game at night? It's stupid. You know, you could be playing a game in the middle of the day when it's going to be 23 degrees out, which is still cold, but that's not that bad. Or you could play the game, you know, when it's going to be in single digits. It's just the NFL, they don't give a damn. They really don't. They they don't give a damn. They don't care. You know, they really don't. Don't care at all. So tonight we'll find out who else is in to the divisional round with Arizona and the L.A. Rams. Again, we had a call on the Kings. Uh, same story year in, year out. Inconsistent. They lack heart on too many occasions. They don't come play to play every night. They don't seem like they hate losing. You know, they're 18 and 28. I thought that they were going to win four in a row after beating the Lakers with the Rockets for two games and then the Pistons next before they hit the road. And the reality is that with each passing week, they continue to fall further and further down in the standings. They are now three games back of 10th place Portland in the loss column. How about that? Only one team in the conference has more losses than the Sacramento Kings. That team would be the Houston Rockets. Brutal. I mean, what else are you going to say? Absolutely brutal for the Kings. Brutal. And who the hell knows what you're going to get when they play the uh, Pistons on Wednesday. Pistons playing tomorrow in Oakland against the Warriors. So the Kings will get them. They'll get a bad team like themselves being bad on the second night of a back-to-back before they hit the road. All right, give me your calls. Uh, Don't forget to check out my podcast tomorrow. I talk about abuse among our sports officials, and I believe it gets worse when you have a Dak Prescott say what he said yesterday. It's absolutely brutal. really is. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. E-Train, welcome. How are you, sir? Yeah, hey, uh, Grant, how's it going? Could you break down the uh, Raiders-Bengals game for me? 
In what way? I can't break down the entire 60 minutes. What would you well, like me to break down? Could you just give me your recap for it? You haven't talked about it too much today. Yeah, sure, I will. Um, you know, first of all, it's an absolute uh, mess that a game has to be stained by a mistake by the officials. And regardless of how you feel, whether that play would have changed or not, like I don't believe that the whistle had an impact on that play, but the rule is the rule. And if there's an inadvertent whistle when the ball is in the air like that, the play should be replayed. And the officials not only made a mistake, but they compounded their mistake by not admitting their mistake, saying that the whistle came after the catch in the end zone. And that didn't happen. Uh, the Raiders have fired their general manager, Mike Mayock. I don't know if you uh, heard that news, uh, but he is no longer the general manager for the Raiders. All right. Team statement said, we have relieved Mike Mayock of his duties as general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. We thank Mike for his contributions over the last three years and helping to form the foundation of the franchise to build upon its future. So he's out. Now we'll see what happens with the coach. Uh, but as far as the game goes, um, you know what? The Raiders fell behind early and they were having to play catch up on the road. You know, Cincinnati came out, drove the ball right down the field. And, you know, the Raiders had to play, you know, catch up. And that's hard to do on the road. Uh, I thought they played okay. I don't think they played their A game. And if you're in the playoffs, you have to play your A game. But, and again, I'm not trying to cry sour grapes here. That call was just unfortunate. You know, that play should have been played over. And maybe, maybe it changes the fortunes of the game. Joe Burrow, I mean, I think we all saw is going to be a real superstar in this league. I mean, the guy is the real freaking deal. He is an absolute uh, superstar. I thought the Raiders ran the ball enough, but they could not get stops enough, and they couldn't make enough plays on third down to win the game. That's really what it boiled down to. So so you've talked in the past about this being a big game for uh, Derek Carr in terms of his future. What What's your report card for him for the game? I think he's going to be back. Um you know, I'm looking at his numbers statistically. His completion percentage was not good. You know, what was he, 29 of 55? Was that what it was for, you know, over 300 yards? So, you know, the, to me, they threw the ball too much. I mean, I think Burrow threw the ball 20 less times. Yeah, I thought they were the game plan, too much passing, uh, which was not good. I thought he played okay. You know, I'd give him a B for the game, but – He'll be back next year. I mean, what what's your other options if you're the Raiders? What are you going to do? Who else are you going to have as your quarterback? Yeah, you're right. They don't have a lot of options right now. So, you know, again, I think overall, if you look at the year that Carr had, you know, I thought it was very good. You know, I think Derek Carr, you know, the fumble, you know, offensive line got beat, came from his blind side, you know, turned the ball over, which was a big play in the game, too. You know, can I blame that on Carr? Yeah, you know, he does have to have better pocket awareness. But, you know, coming from the blind side, uh, that happens. Uh, but I think uh, all in all, I think Derek Carr had a very good year for the Raiders. Perfect. Thanks, Grant. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I don't think the Raiders would have been in the playoffs without the play of Derek Carr. I mean, I know it's easy to, you know, pick on him, but I thought all in all, the guy had a good year. I would not be making a change at the quarterback position going into the game, uh, going into next year. But again, Mike Mayock uh, has been fired as general manager. And it would be 
my gut feeling, okay, that they'll just clean house with the coaching too. All right? That's what I would say. You know, Basaccia, I guess the players love him. Uh, the problem here is Mark Davis. That's your problem. Mark Davis does not make good decisions. Uh, the guy's a terrible owner. I mean, giving John Gruden a 10-year, $100 million deal was ridiculous. I said so the day it was done. Uh, he now has a coach that the players really like and responded to, and now they might replace him. Uh, Mike Mayock fired. I, I, I think Mike had three years. Uh, I think his personnel decisions were very poor. His draft picks, for the most part, were poor. Uh, the, you know, losing two first-round picks this year in the fashion that they did, inexcusable. You know, it's not just talent, it's character. You know, it's the individual. So there you have it. There you have it. Mike Mayock out as general manager. Uh, Rich Basaccia and Mark Davis did have talks. The Raiders have requested permission to interview uh, Jared Mayo, the linebackers coach for New England. So that tells you right there that Passacci is not coming back. Yeah, you know, I don't know why you'd be interviewing candidates to coach when you already have a coach. But again, you know, Mark Davis, in all likelihood, will make the wrong decision here. That would be my guess. Ken, you're on with Grant Napier on Listen App. Hi, Ken. What's going on, Napier? Uh, Good, Ken. I can barely hear you, buddy. Hear me now? I got to speak up, use my man voice. Nope, can't hear you. I'm going to put you back in the audience, try to call again, but you got a terrible connection. It's like you're speaking in a cave halfway around the world. Um, but, yeah, try again, and we'll see if we can get a better connection for you. But, you know, again, the Raiders, uh, if you're a Raiders fan, I don't know how you can have any faith in anything that Mark Davis does. I mean, I, I you know, I really don't. I just don't see it. I really don't. All right, let's try and see if we got a better connection with Ken. Go ahead, Ken. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's a little better. I'll, I can. We'll put you on quickly. Go ahead. Uh, I didn't have much to add. I just want to uh, chime in. My, my my playoff party was a, a hit. I didn't watch a lot of the game because I was partying too hard. Um, but the Raiders had a shot. They didn't get it done. You can blame the refs, whatever. Um, uh, Mayox out. Let's next season. Let's go. Yep. Thanks, man. Again, I'm going to make it quick today, Ken, because we you got it. You, you're really hard to hear, but I do appreciate the phone call. Yeah, you know the call's unfortunate. I, what's there's there's two things that are unfortunate about it. Number one, I don't believe it had any effect on the touchdown. In other words, I don't think it it would have changed the play. Okay. In other words, I don't think it changed the play. I don't think the whistle, I think it was the whistle occurred right before the catch was made. But by rule, by rule, that play should have been replayed. So even though I don't believe that it had an effect on the play, I believe it still would have been a touchdown. Even if the whistle had not blown, the whistle did blow. And by rule, the play needs to be replayed. And it wasn't. And, you know, maybe they score a touchdown on the next play. I don't know. What I do know is that was a bad mistake. 
And it always seems to happen to the Raiders, doesn't it? Right? Always seems to happen to the Raiders. And if you're a Raiders fan, I understand being upset. I really do. I really do. Uh, I just got a text message uh, on social media. They want that website again. It's grant.winthistime.com. All right, check out the video, grant.winthistime.com. And then you have any questions, hit me up, and I'll walk you right through it. I would love to have you on my team. All right, if you want to get in and talk about the game tonight, if you want to talk about any of the other games that were played over the weekend, let's do it. All you need to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will get you uh, right on. Again, my podcast tomorrow deals with sports officiating and the abuse and the violence that we are seeing across the country as it relates to our officials. I give many examples. I get into it. Uh, It's a real problem. And any parent, and I'm going to talk about parents right now. It doesn't have to be a parent. But any parent that goes to a sporting event, a youth sporting event, and yells at the officials with profanity or what have you, should be immediately ejected from the premises. And it's up to the other people and the other parents at the game to make sure that that happens. I don't even have to tell you about charging an official on the court or on the field. I mean, I think it goes without saying that there should be criminal prosecution for that. But, you know, even with my kids, I used to be just in shock when I heard some of the things coming from the stands from parents, I would get up and walk away. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I never, ever, ever, ever would say anything to an official in one of my son's games. Never, even on a terrible call, never. And it's awful. Little league baseball, awful. Youth football, awful. Youth basketball, awful. Kids didn't play soccer, so I can't comment on that, but I would assume it's the same in other sports. Terrible. Really embarrassing behavior. I don't know what the hell uh, parents think they, they, they have a right, you know, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. What's wrong with you people? It's youth sports. Youth sports. And you're trashing the officials? Like, what's wrong with you? Seriously, what's wrong with you? Like, what kind of person are you? to make vile and profane comments at officials. Seriously, what the hell's wrong with you? If you do that, you should be ashamed of yourself. should absolutely be ashamed of yourself. You really should. should be ashamed of yourself. It's uh, about as bad as it gets. It really is. You know? It's about as bad as you can have it. All right, again, if you want to get in on the uh, program today, all you got to do is hit your hand icon and you can get right on. You know, it's MLK Day, and I'm sure MLK did not make this statement as it relates to sports officials, but I think on MLK Day, it's appropriate to say this because I have talked about this 
quite often on my podcast. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And I think you can apply that to a lot of things in life. And I know that MLK did not make that statement as it related to sports officials, but the context, isn't that the same thing? If you're at a game and you remain silent when you see an act of hate, which is what it is, it's an act of hate towards an official, it's up to you to speak up. You know, I tell this story, and I'm going to share it again because I think it's very important. And I've shared it several times on my podcast. And this isn't about, gee, look at Grant Napier. He's just, no, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it as an example. When I was in Philadelphia several years ago, the night before we were playing the Sixers, and I did, did just got off the air at 9 o'clock and my, from my radio show, and I went to eat. At Del Frisco's, the restaurant was a block away from our hotel. And I walked into the restaurant and I sat at the bar and I ordered a beer and I ordered an appetizer. I was I was looking at the menu. And it wasn't really that crowded. There were some people in there, but it really it was a weeknight. And again, I got in there about 9:20, maybe 9:15, right around in there. And a man comes and sits two seats next to me. And he was black. And he sat down. I go, hey, how you doing? He goes, hey, how are you? Go good. And he ordered a drink. And the bartender goes, will you be eating? Would you like a menu? And he said, yes. And the bartender said, would you like to start a tab? And the guy goes, sure. He goes, okay, I'll need a credit card. So he reaches into his wallet, takes out a credit card. And the bartender walks and heads back towards the register. And I said to the man, I go, hey, I'm just letting you know, I've been here for 15 or 20 minutes and I ordered a beer and an appetizer and they didn't ask me for my credit card. He goes, really? I go, yeah, really. So the bartender comes back and the gentleman says, you know, I was just informed by this man here that you didn't ask for his credit card. And I saw the bartender kind of get flustered and they talked and I said, you know, I go, excuse me, sir. For the bartender, I said, you know, why don't we just get the manager over here? I think that would make it a lot better. Could you call the manager over here, please? So the manager came over. He wanted to know what had happened. I listened to the man next to me tell his story. And then I chimed in and told him what I saw. And not that it matters. You know, the man, I believe, got a free meal that night, but it didn't matter. We ended up talking for a couple of hours. He was in Philadelphia uh, as a he was in a band. He played the drums. And he was in Philadelphia and he travels around the country. And we had a really nice talk. And I remember at the end when I was getting ready to leave, he thanked me. And I said, you know, it's you don't have to thank me. It's, it's about what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And again, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. I'm often asked about racism. And I don't know if I can really define racism adequately. But I know what racism is when I see it, okay? That, that night was an act of racism. That bartender was racist, in my opinion. That was a, an example of racism. Didn't ask me for my card, 
but a person of color walks in, orders, and automatically asks them for their card. And the bartender made it seem like he just forgot to ask me for my card. No, you don't forget when you're a bartender and that's your job. I've been a bartender before. That's not something you forget. And so, again, you know, I, I'm going a little off tangent here when I apply this to sports officiating, but it's not just sports officiating. You need to apply this to a lot of things in life, okay? Don't be silent about things that matter. And trust me, I've been in the forefront of this, okay? Trust me, I've been in the forefront of this. And I've always tried in my life not to be silent about things that matter. I've always been one to speak up when I see injustice. I've always tried to speak up when I see something that is wrong. And I live my life by that standard. I'm not perfect. I'm not some like, you know, angel, but I'm somebody that believes in doing what is right. And I would hope that others would stop being afraid to speak up and give your voice a platform when you see something that is wrong. Kiram, all you got to do is hit your, uh, there you go. Kiram, how are you? You're on with Grant. Great. How about yourself, Grant? I'm good. Thank you for calling. I cut out at some point because I was driving, but I really wanted to chime in on the topic. Um, being a sports official myself since I was 12 years old, uh, I think I could contribute a bit to the topic. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like especially youth sports officials aren't protected enough. Um, there's been a couple cases where in the last, I don't know, 10 or so years, some soccer referees have been assaulted and actually one guy got sucker punched and died. So uh, I wish that there would be more protections, especially in California. I'm sure you heard about the case in Roseville that occurred yes, back in October. I sure did. I'm actually, yeah, I actually have a game with that official this week. So I'm going to speak to him and uh, get more of his side of the story and what happened. But I know it's an ongoing legal case, so I don't want to get too much into the details about what I know. Um, but apparently when they reported it, uh, the Roseville PD wasn't even going to pursue it. It's that they went to the media several weeks later and made it well known. And a lot of people spoke up and they had a video. There's so many of these incidents that happen that don't get caught on video as well. So uh, I'm really hoping the legislation changes because the maximum penalty is only a $2,000 fine and a misdemeanor. And more Terrible. than likely, I think there's like plea deals that can come from it. I don't know what the result of this case is going to be, but if I just had to guess based on the limited knowledge of law that I know, I think he's just going to get community service and a small fine. And I, it just doesn't make any sense. No. What's to prevent this incident from happening again in the future? You make a great point. And I'm really happy that you are sharing your experiences. I have many, many friends that are professional referees, NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL. And so they worked up through the ranks and their stories of abuse and things that have happened to them would make your head spin. And it's just a really sad, sad thing that's going on in our country. I, I, I really appreciate you chiming in on this. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And yeah, it's uh, just like that referee said, I mean, verbal abuse, whatnot. It's, you know, it's not, we, we hate it. We don't like getting it, but anytime it gets physical, that's definitely yep. where it crosses the line. So Amen. thank you so much for speaking on behalf of us. And uh, I hope everyone else contacts their legislatures, spreads the word that, 
referee abuse is a real problem and uh, we need to change the law, especially. You know, it's fabulous that you called. I'm going to get Mike Pereira on my podcast uh, to talk more about this because Mike is very instrumental in bringing new officials to sports. He's got a uh, foundation that's called Battlefields to Ballfields, uh, where he uh, gives opportunities for our veterans uh, to get a career in officiating. But we'll talk about more of this, Kieran, because uh, I think it needs to be brought to light. Hey, I really appreciate it again. You have a great evening, okay? Thank you. You too. Looking Thank- Thank you. Really appreciate it. Good stuff right there. Really good show today. Really enjoy uh, the people that are calling uh, and their various topics. Really good stuff. If you want to get on, just raise your hand like Nick and we'll put you on. Hello, Nick. How are you? Nick, Nick, hit that uh, microphone icon. Uh, again. Hey, there you hey, are. Grant, how's it going? Sorry about you? that. Hey, you know what, Nick? I'm looking at you and I'll never forget taking that picture with you and your dad at the game. Um, how about that, man? I'm looking at your picture right now with your little avatar. That's great. How you been? I've been very good, man. I've always wanted to say a longtime listener, first time caller. Um, so <laughs> glad I jump on here with you today. Great hearing from you, man. How you been? I've been very good. Still in the Navy, stationed in uh, San Diego, still living my life, and I cannot complain. Thank you for asking. Thank you for your service. Uh, it's just so great to hear your voice again. Uh, really is. It's a treat for me. Uh, so thanks very much for chiming in. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the support. Uh, just two things from me, Grant. Um, I know I tweeted you this a while ago, but I just want to see, uh, especially now it's not 11, uh, 1140 anymore. Um, have you heard anything about the Sacramento Monarchs? Um, I was a huge fan of them. We were in our family. They're the only thing that bought championship to the yep. city. Um, I know Vivek said that uh, part of his deal or plan was to bring the Monarchs back to Sacramento. So I just want to see if you had any insight on that. I don't think there are any plans. I don't. Well, let me ask you. Let me just take that one. I don't think there are any plans at all to bring the WNBA back to Sacramento. And I'm with you. It's a shame. Uh, I used to love going to the Monarchs games and the players. You know, uh, uh, Tisha Penichero and Ruthie Bolton, and uh, you know, so many others. Uh, that they they were a really fun team to watch. You know, uh, Carol yeah. Lawson. I mean, they were really really fun to watch. But so I don't I don't believe there are any plans. What else can I do for you? I, mean, I was going to see if you ever again try to get the uh, the old Sacramento Monarchs coach on, John uh, Wilson, that. Uh, he was a great guy. Uh, we're a huge fan of him in our family. So just want to see if there's any chances of that as well. Okay, I haven't thought about it. Um, you know, maybe I'll reach out to Jerry Reynolds and see, because, uh, you know, Jerry was uh, instrumental in putting that team together that won the championship. So, you know, it's I'm glad you brought that up because the WNBA is a really good product. They have excellent players. And I think the Sacramento community embraced them. But from what I've understood, from what I know, I don't believe there are any plans. Uh, but I, I don't want to be speaking out of tune. I haven't really been involved with the franchise now for a year and a half. So there could be some things going on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of. Cool. All right, Grant. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, glad you're back. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Nick. Be good, buddy. Take care. Really cool, man. I met Nick and his dad at a game one night on the concourse and. We took a couple pictures and we chatted and told me about going into the Navy. And, you know, it's great hearing from him. That's fabulous. I haven't talked to him in a while. That's just fabulous. I love, you know, people ask me, what what do I miss the most, you know, about Sacramento? I miss people like Nick. That's I miss people like Nick. I miss people like you that are listening to me, that have listened to me for decades. And we've established, you know, a rapport. And maybe some of you I haven't met. Many, many of you I haven't met, but we've had great conversations, you know, on the radio or at the arena or at restaurants or wherever we run into each other. And it's always been fun for me. And it's like we kind of develop a bond. I have a bond with my audience and you had a bond with me. And, you know, we didn't always agree, 
but we had spirited conversations, right? And we always had fun and we dealt with the same stuff because many of you are fans of the Kings and I was a fan of the Kings, even though I was the announcer, but I wanted them to win as much as you did. And so we got upset together. We got happy together, although those days were few and far between. I'll never forget when it was announced by the NBA that the Kings were staying and they weren't going to move and the Board of Governors approved them. And it was one of the great days I've ever experienced. I was doing my show live downtown at Firestone. And we just had, it was phenomenal. I mean, I'll never forget the euphoria that we all experienced that day. And man, I miss a lot of you. I, I really do. You know, and it's so great that I have Listen app where we can reconnect and you can call me. And, you know, to hear someone like Nick, that was years ago that I met Nick on the concourse with his dad. And we took a picture. And, you know, again, when he just called, I looked at his avatar and that's the picture on his avatar, man. I just think that is so awesome. I love that. So thanks, Nick. Really good hearing from you. Really good hearing from everybody else. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Tomorrow, we'll break down this game. We'll also start peeking ahead towards the uh, second round of the NFL playoffs. Really good show today. Really love the phone calls. Thank you so much. Uh, this is a real treat for me to come on and talk to you all each and every day. And, you know, the NFL is a big time. The uh, NBA, the futility of the Kings. We got the trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'll be hitting that a lot. And you know, if there's a big trade, you know what I'll do? I'll just come on and I'll put out on social media and through the app that I'm doing a special show. If there's a big trade, you know, maybe it's one in the morning or maybe it's two in the afternoon or, well, you know, whatever the case may be. And we could just come on and have a impromptu show. So that's what I love about this app. You know, I can come on anytime. I get the word out and boom, before you know it, we're all on and we're talking about a trade or you know, a big event uh, that happens uh, in sports. So the big news today, Mike Mayock is out after three seasons as the Raiders general manager. Stephen Jones of the Cowboys said he is confident that Mike McCarthy will return. Jimmy Garoppolo, slightly sprained shoulder, shouldn't be an issue. Don't know about Bosa yet, concussion protocol. Uh, Kyle Shanahan today thinks they'll have Fred Warner on the field Saturday, which they have to. The guy is just so freaking good, but they really need Bosa on the field, too, uh, if they're going to upset the Packers. All right, Cardinals and Rams coming up in about 90 minutes. Enjoy the game, and thank you so much for listening here to Grant Napier. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.